it's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you, or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You all right? <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. So the last time Kansas won uh, was 2008 which was the year Obama was elected, and President Obama returned to the White House today for the first time since he left office. That's really got to bother Trump. All these lies and schemes and lawsuits to get back to the White House, Obama just strolls right in there. <laughs> Obama was there uh, celebrating the 12-year anniversary of the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and also to help Joe set up his Roku. And somehow... <laughs> Somehow they managed to strike just exactly the right balance of affection and confusion. Thank you, Vice President Biden, Vice President. That was a joke. That was all set up. Yeah. It was great to see him. It was like the White Men Can't Jump reunion at the Oscars. And then it was all great until the end when everyone gathered around Obama and there was no one for Jill. <laughs> Is that not the saddest thing you've ever seen in your life? I mean, really. Just, he was found two hours later wandering around the garden department at Lowe's. <laughs> All right. Well, Sandy Rios with you. And the reason I played that, we talked about it yesterday about the meeting at the White House and those pathetic uh, videos of Joe Biden wandering around, reaching up for Barack Obama, putting his hand on his shoulder from behind, trying to get his attention. Obama, Obama not paying any attention and surrounded by all these, uh, you know, admirers. And of course, the the opening statement that the Joe calling uh, Joe Biden vice president, um, I think, was a dig mocking him because uh, Vice President or President Biden can't remember. He can't remember. I. Uh, it is sad, but it is sad. I'll tell you what's sad. It's sad when the President of the United States, when people actually tried to get him elected, I don't think he was uh, elected uh, in the proper way. I think it was not uh, the result of the election that he was elected. So I have to be very clear about that. But for those people that supported him and wanted us to believe that th this was fine, when have we ever in our lifetime seen a president made fun of by a late-night comedian like that in his weakness, in his, uh, in his uh, frailty? Uh, I blame his wife. I blame the people around him. They didn't care. They knew they had a perfect puppet. Uh, and so many Americans, uh, regardless of what the outcome was and why, a lot of people cast their vote for him. Uh, and so, so I guess the good thing is that the comedians now, you know, feel like they can start talking about it. But it's just, uh, it is so twisted. It really is. 
And so that reminds me of why I don't think this is funny and why I don't feel sorry for Joe Biden, because uh, we are learning so much about Hunter Biden and his dealings. I haven't talked a great deal about it. I'm going to try to talk about a massive thing in a very short time here. Uh, you know, at first uh, they said they told us that it was Russian disinformation when the Hunter laptop showed up, you know, at that um, Delaware uh, repair shop. Uh, it was there for, you know, months and months and months and months. And finally the shop owner uh, decided that he would copy. He would had to go into the computer to find out who it belonged to, and he found out it belonged to Hunter Biden. So then he copied the... Um, when he went inside, he was just uh, he was shocked by what he saw, and it actually scared him. And he made a copy of the whole thing, and then uh, they were, I, I don't know what happened to the laptop. I, there are lots of stories. I know some things that happened to it. It's everywhere. It, copies of it seem to be everywhere right now. But, of course, the first thing out of the box was that it was, a, it was Russian disinformation. We had, what, 51 uh, national security, uh, former national security leaders like John Brennan and uh, James, um, anyway, I've got a whole long list of them. They signed this letter saying it was all Russian, dis it was just created, it was foolishness created in the basement of a Russian, you know, oligarch, which is, and that was right before the 2020 election. If people had known what was on this laptop, uh, the, 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 few, the million that did vote for Joe Biden would not have voted for him. Some of them might have, but if they had known, because that laptop contained incredible, uh, evidence of what is probably treasonous. Uh, that's my word. Nobody seems to be wanting to say it, but it marks all kinds of dealings with foreign governments, with our enemies, with Russia, with Ukraine, double dealing with Ukraine and Russia at the same time, and, and while Russia is invading Crimea, which is part of you was part of Ukraine. Uh, and Joe Biden, the vice president, was tasked by uh, Barack Obama to, to be watch his territories were China, Ukraine, and Russia. There may have been a few more, but those he was over those. And so out of that sprung a Biden cottage industry where the entire family enriched themselves. And that was not new for them. But uh, in fact, this morning, I'll, without going into a great amount of detail, but this is a Fox News story, Biden's sister to keep cashing in on the brother's career with a new memoir, Following Family Tradition. It talks about um, how President Biden's youngest sister is going to kick off a book tour Thursday night and it's all about being a Biden. It's got pictures of Joe Biden when he was a kid. And why is that a problem? Because there were prohibitions against using a sitting president's name, uh, uh, anything related to him while he's sitting in office. In fact, Kamala Harris's niece had a clothing line, and they could no longer. She, they were told, told her she could no longer pr produce clothing or write any books with Harris's name or likeness. Same thing with uh, Ivanka Trump. You remember that Ivanka had that clothing line. And so, uh, yeah, but it's okay. Biden's sister, uh, you know, has got, she's going to kick off her book tour talking about what it's like to be a Biden and be the sister of the sitting president. And then there's, there's, um, there's all, then Biden's nieces, his granddaughters. I mean, it could just go on and on with the corruption, which I don't have time to outline in this moment. Uh, but a whistleblower now is, has fled to Sweden because he was the person that um, Rudy Giuliani handed the laptop to after he got possession of it. And uh, this guy, I don't know why he handed it to him. I don't know that much about him. His name is Jack Maxey. Uh, and he gave the Daily Mail a copy of the hard drive in the spring of 2021. But he gave all kinds of outlets. He gave the New York Times. He gave <clears throat> Washington Post. He gave all kinds of uh, outlets. He gave it to the Congress. He gave it to um, uh, Chuck Grassley in the Senate. And uh, part of the reason he's so frustrated is because nobody seemed to do anything with it. And, of course, we had these national security experts coming out saying there's nothing to it. 
And then we had people like John Harwood, who is on what uh, John is on CNN. Let's just listen to what this was the, the this was the party line. John Harwood said it well. Clip ten. It, it seems pretty clear that Hunter Biden was uh, trading on his father's name to make a lot of money. Um, he's had a difficult life, but until you make uh, someone makes a nexus between what Hunter Biden has done and official activities of Vice President Biden or President Biden, it's uh, a not pretty picture, but it's not really uh, of uh, much public import in terms of the policy of the United States or the administration of the government. And the fact that a an investigation has been sustained during the Biden administration is an indication that the government is working on this subject. And uh, we'll see what the results are. But so far... There is zero evidence that Vice President Biden or President Biden has done anything wrong in connection with what Hunter Biden's done. Okay, so here we go. First of all, it was uh, it was Russian disinformation. Now we know that's not true. Even the New York Times, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, came out admitting, oh, you know, maybe this is actually Hunter Biden's laptop. We've been looking at it. Then the Washington Post followed. And now uh, now that they've established the New York Times, because they are, you know, always tell the truth, that it really was Hunter Biden's laptop, the second line of defense is that, yeah, but it doesn't mean that Joe, Joe Biden had anything to do with it. The problem is uh, when you get into the weeds of this laptop, which, as I understand it, I heard in a briefing yesterday, it contains so much information. And it's not cataloged. It's not searchable. And it's, uh, in fact, just to give you the scope of it, for those of you that are techies, um, this whistleblower I mentioned, Jack Maxey, says he has 450 gigabytes of deleted material, including 80,000 images and videos. And I think that's in addition to what's already been found. But here's the thing. What we do know is that uh, we found out that Hunter and his father shared a bank account, that they paid each other's bills. We know that Joe Biden is referred to as the big guy. And there's another moniker. We have email where Hunter talks about the big guy needing 10% of the take. They're taking money from China. They're taking money from Ukraine. They're taking money from uh, Russia. They're making tons of money, and the family's making money on it, the Biden family. So um, Jack Maxey is now, he said he, uh, he, was, he was warned that he'd better start revealing this stuff or his life would be in danger, and he said he started getting veiled threats. So he is over there now trying to get to the bottom of all the stuff that he has that has not been uncovered. Um, you know, in the stuff, it's it's Hunter Biden with a, asleep with a crack pop pipe in his mouth. And one person pointed out I, that it was, you know, lots of black men were put in prison because of the use of crack. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have been. That's not my position that that's too bad. It was, The law was written by Joe Biden. And here is his son getting away with, that's a, it's a different issue. Now we're talking about multiple violations. We're talking about doing deals with our enemies enriching themselves, and there is proof and evidence that Joe Biden actually, uh, that the Obama administration with Joe Biden as the vice president overlooking these territories refused to help Ukraine. We have it in writing uh, when the Russians were invading Crimea. They just stayed silent and did not help in the ways that were requested from Ukraine. So that's just, there's, you know, can you imagine there's a lot more to say? Uh, but there's an article in the Daily Mail this morning, a whistleblower who distributed Hunter Biden's laptop intends to share 450 gigabytes of deleted material. We'll put that on our getter page because I think you might find that interesting if you're interested in this subject. And then this also caught my eye this morning. Uh, here's a headline from uh, Epoch Times. Subpoena for Hunter Biden to testify before Congress 
blocked by Democrats, blocked by Democrats. Here is uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, which contains, we think, tons of child porn even. Now, that's what they think is in some of this. Uh, tons of just um, salacious poses of him with prostitutes and all of this, whatever that category is. Uh, dr- drug abuse, you know, quantified in these pictures, and dealings with foreign enemies and enriching himself. Those are just a few things. So the Congress wants to talk to him about it, but the, the Democrats are stopping that. And I think of the contrast between now them trying to get Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from the court because of his wife's involvement, and they're subpoenaing, they've subpoenaed, uh, well, no, they have not. They have teased that they're going to subpoena Jenny Thomas, and she's got to come before this committee, the J6 committee, for what? For, for being a conservative activist, which she has every right to be. Uh, but Hunter Biden, who's uh, done uh, so many incredible things, the you know son of the president, no, no, he he he, uh, you know, he can't be subpoenaed. That's that's not allowed. Can you see how horrific uh, the situation is for all of us? It's uh, we live in weird times. I want to take a couple of other stories here. Um, oh dear, dear, dear! I've got so many, so many things. Uh, in terms of elections. For conservatives, there was a really good news last night in uh, Wisconsin, or yesterday in Wisconsin, or maybe from the day before. I've lost my days here. Uh, Terry Dietrich uh, was sharing with me that they won. They just did a clean swipe. I mean, there were maybe some losses, but huge wins in Kenosha and other count. Um, I mean, um, now I'm blanking out about the county that he's in. It's the largest county in Wisconsin, but huge wins there. Kenosha also completely had a, tr- a flipped red. In the, in the election, and uh, school boards, uh, county executives, Kenosha, remember, is where the big riots took place and where Kyle Rittenhouse uh, was arrested because he shot and killed three people because they were chasing him and trying to kill him. Uh, that's Kenosha that was ravaged by all those riots, and so they have flipped red in that election. That's amazing. At Waukesha County is where uh, Terry is, and they had incredible wins in their election on Tuesday. So I just want you to be encouraged. And up in Michigan, Fred Upton, who was one of uh, 10 uh, Republicans who voted to impeach President Trump, uh, has decided to resign, and I have it from good <laughs> good sources in Michigan. He didn't just decide to go play with his grandchildren. They really took him out because they were supporting uh, I'm not sure the name of the person they're supporting. We'll talk about that race when I have it. Uh, but um, it was l- not looking good for Fred Upton. He's been bad for a long time. He is uh, very much an establishment rhino who really doesn't do things and make decisions on what's the best for the people that he serves. So he's out, and that's good. All right, we're going to open the phone lines, 888-589-8840. I'll be right back. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. 
That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Diane Farrell, Acting Deputy Undersecretary for International Trade. She oversees the daily operations of the International Trade Administration with offices in 100 cities around the world. Proverbs 11.1 reminds us of the importance of fair trade. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is His delight. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Diane Farrell in her work managing international trade. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we're joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Finally, some common sense in the world of competitive sports. The Union Cyclist International has banned a man who identifies as a woman from competing in the British Championship. Their decision had nothing to do with science. It had everything to do with a threat. Biological women said they were going to boycott the race, and the cycling organization realized it would look really bad if the only person pedaling a bike in the women's championship was a man. British Cycling says there needs to be more clarity and fairness for transgender athletes, and they are free to have that discussion. But clarity and fairness cannot be at the expense of biological women. It seems to me the best path forward would be to create a third sporting group, one specifically for those who are confused about their gender. You need to read my book about this, folks, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing America. It's available at your favorite bookstore and online at toddsterns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. It is a prevalent mind virus and um, arguably one of the biggest threats to modern civilization. So do, do we want a humorless society that is, is simply rife with condemnation uh, and hate, basically? At, at its heart, wokeness is divisive, um, exclusionary, um, and hateful. It's, it's, it basically gives mean people a reason, a, 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 it gives them a shield to be, to be mean and cruel, mm. armored in false virtue. All right, so that uh, that was the voice of Elon Musk. And did you catch that? He was in an interview with the Babylon Bee, that's been a month or so ago. And he says, um, do we want a world filled with condemnation and hate? He said, you know, uh, to, so, social media, he didn't say it that way, but wokeness gives people... Um, a shield to be mean. Is that what we want? Uh, really interesting. This is an interesting man. Complex in every way. He has very weird views on some things. But the second comment that he made that I, we captured this morning is really amazing. Uh, Elon Musk has eight children. Did you know that? 
He has eight children. Of course, he's the founder of Tesla, developed Tesla electric cars. He's now gone into space, SpaceX, with incredible success. And now he's bought, you know, majority shares in Twitter. It's, it's, it's beyond comprehension that someone could have that much ability to influence. And if they're going to have that much ability, you just hope and pray they have some wisdom. And it sounds like he has some, that's for sure. And so this is what he says next. Um, it has to do with population control. I've told you that the the world, the powers that be, that want us to move into this whole new woke generation and uh, eat. You know, Bill Gates wants us to eat. He doesn't want us to eat meat, and uh, they and love COVID vaccines and lockdowns and don't mind all the deaths because they want to thin out the population. That is at the heart of a lot of what's happening. So Elon Musk comments again on that interview with the Babylon Bee. This is clip four. Let's listen. There are not enough people. I can't emphasize this enough. There are not enough people. Um, and I think one of the biggest risks to civilization is the low birth rate uh, uh, and the rapidly declining birth rate. Uh, it is, it is, and yet so many people, including smart people, think that there are too many people in the world and think that the population is growing out of control. It's completely the opposite. Please look at the numbers. Uh, if people don't have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Mark my words. You know, it reminds me of a book uh, by a good friend of mine whose name now just escapes me. It just came to my head. The, the book is called Demographic Winter. He was a writer out of uh, New England. Demographic Winter. And it talks about how the population dropping at low birth rate because of abortion is how it affects the planet and how we're not going to have enough people to do what needs to be done. And that's what Elon Musk is talking about. A couple more things before I go to the phones. And the, today, you know what? We could talk about whatever you like. If you even have a, a question about something like... Uh, I don't know, something casual about the show or whatever, um, about, I don't know, whatever comes to your mind. Like someone asked me recently, you know, why in the world in the opening did I say, um, I'm a musician, I can't help it. That seems to bother some people. <laughs> this I, The girl who wrote to the listeners, she said she's an, a musician and she just doesn't understand, she's kind of offended. And I just, I will say, this is a non sequitur. This has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, right? That's called a non sequitur. So that's what I was trying to explain. That was a silly remark off the cup that had to, had to do with nothing. It wasn't a disparage, disparagement of musicians. It was the, uh, the response to a question and it was just a silly response that really meant nothing. A non sequitur. Because I actually am a musician. I know, you know, that uh, musicians can be a little wacky, uh, but they aren't all. I, I'm, I hope I hope you understand that. I hope you believe that. I want to tell you one more thing because this is, uh, no, I don't. I, I'll, I'll skip that because I want to go to your phone. I want to talk to you. We have, uh, I do all the talking mostly, and I really do enjoy listening to what you have to say. So let's go for it. This, uh, let's go to Texas and talk to, talk to JC. Good morning, JC. Hey, Miss Rios. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. My uh, pleasure. Yes, ma'am. Uh, anyways, uh, Ms. Rios, I wanted to ask, uh, is it a conspiracy theory for me to think that Joe Biden is putting a, a lady who wants to protect all these guys that want to be messing around with kids? Uh, I'm a, excuse me, I'm, a young, I'm, I'm 30 years old, and it's not hard for me to connect the dots to see that he's created a blanket of protection for himself. And I'd also like to say that with the Supreme Court justice that he was going to step down, I think that uh, with Katanji Brown Jackson, and let's say maybe Roe versus Wade makes it back to the Supreme Court. Uh, let's say that, you know, we know which way she's going to vote in that situation. And I've got one question for you, ma'am, if you don't mind me asking. Um, is there a way to impeach a Supreme Court justice? I, I think I've, I may have learned that previously. 
But I don't know. I don't know what would consist of that. Well, okay. Well, JC, here's the first of all, nice to hear from you. Um, uh, that uh, This is my vague response. I think one in the history of the country, I think there's only been one impeachment. I'm not sure about that. You guys can go to Google, <laughs> Google, duck, 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 wherever you go. Uh, and find uh, the answer to that for me. But um, it is it is very hard. The answer is it's very hard to impeach them because they're supposed to be very independent, of course, of uh, the two other branches of government. They're, all three branches are supposed to be independent of each other, and judges are not, you know, it's very vague uh, the ways that you would impeach a judge and, a judge. and I don't recall actually in this moment what the per reason was with the judge that was impeached. Uh, in regard, regard to Katanji Brown-Jackson, and they will be voting this afternoon, by the way, and thanks to uh, Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and um, uh, Murkowski, Lisa Murkowski in Alaska, well, it looks like she's going to get in. Aren't we proud? I mean, uh, yeah. It, it, and I think, uh, J.C., I, you know, look, there are a lot of reasons why the left wants her in there, and Joe Biden probably does think, if he has the ability to think, uh, sir, uh, that this will protect his, he, him and his son. Because I think there's a lot of stuff there that we probably don't know. Um, I don't know. That's my surmising just from his public behavior with little girls. It's, it's concerning. and it has been for a long time. Um, and so, uh, but I think, you know, on the larger picture, I, I think there is a huge problem, excuse me, with pedophilia and mainstreaming it. And um, this is where they're going. I've known this for a couple of decades uh, because it's down, they have a, they have a plan. Uh, and they have achieved everything they've achieved. I'm talking about the sexual anarchist leftists who want to destroy families. They want to destroy gender. Uh, they wanted to legalize gay marriage. They did it handily. And the next horizon was transgenderism. The homosexual community used to shun transgenders, but now they embrace them. And they, they're, that's the new hobby horse. And the next one is going to be pedophilia. So they're thinking ahead. No question about it, JC. It's dark and evil. And uh, that's what we're witnessing. And that's why uh, if you haven't called your senator, you might want to do that today. Make sure they vote no on Kataji Brown-Jackson. Uh, JC, thanks a lot. Appreciate your comments. Let's go to Tom uh, in Arkansas. Good morning, Tom. Hi, good morning, Sandy. Appreciate you taking my call. And I, I have something I want to say, but first uh, I would interject that I am so glad that you did not change your intro a couple of years ago when you were putting out that survey because I just love the fact that you said that we are not called to be nice, and I just think that's great, so never take that off. Well, thank you, Tom. Some people don't agree with you, but that's nice. I'm glad. You, I actually, just and I just a little caveat because I want to hear you speak. I think that is one of the things that has absolutely killed Christian passion for fighting is we have this culture of niceness that has paralyzed mm -hmm. us and is not biblical. And that, in short, that's why I say that. Okay, so what's on your mind this morning? Well, I happen to, there's a, a, a website called RenewAmerica.com, an article by Frank Lewis that points out that we are, have been essentially for the past 40 years being told, don't say God. And in view of this, don't say gay thing that's going on uh, with the obvious uh, uh, result of people just not reading the documents, people having no idea what they're talking about, and they're following a, a behavior model by the Senate and the Congress. You know, they never read these bills either. But, you know, uh, t taking prayer out of schools, uh, banning the Ten Commandments, nativity scenes, all this stuff, it's all essentially uh, be we're being told don't say God. And I think that it's time that we realize that, that that's that's 
what's what's happening here is don't say God. You know? Well, I think no, I think it's yeah. There's been a systematic. This has been. This goes back uh, again when I was on radio in Chicago in the, in the late '90s. Illinois legislature, which at the time was actually pretty conservative. Oh, we had some great people. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, Illinois used to be a great state. Uh, and so, uh, but somehow they managed to pass this bill that may uh, that stripped out any references of God in the uh, historical documents in history texts of kids in Illinois. That was back in the late '90s. No mentions of anything like the Mayflower Compact. The, you know, there was there everywhere mentions of God because our founders actually believed in Him, and so we've got quotes. So they systematically. Uh, edited those remarks. We put dots and just leave out any mentions of God. So it goes back a very long way, Tom. But I have to say that you remember when uh, President uh, Trump was elected, he reversed a lot of that. Remember how we weren't allowed to say Merry Christmas and stores? That's one of the first times stores kind of enforced the uh, view of the left by, uh, you know, uh, kind of shunning or making their clerks not say Merry Christmas. And remember Trump kind of, that was part, one of his things, he said, no, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. He talked about God, even though I know people say, well, but look at him. But he was a champion for, for free, freedom of religion, certainly Christianity, had great respect. And so I think that's when we made some gains. So I think we've actually made gains in that, uh, Tom. But you're right. Ultimately, that's what the left wants. They want a godless world because they serve the prince of this world who is not God. It is Lucifer himself. And so... It is a spiritual battle, and that's just one more proof of it. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. Let's go to Cammy in Illinois. Good morning, Cammy. Morning. You know what? The, you, this is funny because I look at the screen. I see your name, C A M I, and you may or may not know that I was raised in C A R M I, Illinois. Carmi. <laughs> so I started to say Carmi. Hi, Carmi, but it's Cammy. Hi, Cammy. Where are you in Illinois? I am in. Uh, just outside of the Quad Cities. And okay. A town called Erie. Called what? Erie. Okay. All right. Like in the canal. So what's yeah. on your mind, Cammie? Well, I am supporting a guy who is running for the 17th district for the uh, U.S. House. He's, uh, that seat is currently held by Sherry Bustos. The thing is, is Charlie is not being supported at all by the Republican Party, because even before the primaries, they have already chosen their pick. And their pick is somebody that I don't feel will vote my values when she gets, if she gets into office. But it just, it bothers me that Charlie was kicked out of a parade. He's not allowed to come in and speak in certain venues. And What's again, his name, Cammy? You you haven't given us his full name. What's his name? Charlie Hemlick. And he is he's the he's the true conservative. You think in that race? Correct. And he's just an every you know an average Joe. He's uh, been a FedEx driver for thirty years. And but well, he's somebody that is wanting to get in and make a difference. And this kind of happened to me back in 2012 when I ran for county board and I was kind of pushed out. Well, Cammy, oh, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. Well, I just, I've seen it before as well in the Illinois Republican Party. And it's just, it's so frustrating that I don't want to call myself a Republican 
at all, but yet that's the party that I have to support. I don't give them any money. I give my money to the candidate, but and I'm also a precinct committeeman, so try and do my best. Yeah. Well, Cami, I understand. Are you probably, if you listen, you probably know that I have a real uh, a real problem with the Republican Party leadership and the establishment. And that's this is what they do to conservatives who actually manage to win. They shut them out. They don't give them committee assignments. And I'm talking about Kevin McCarthy, the leadership of the House, the leadership of the Senate. They punish conservatives. They take away money from their office. They take away a travel money. It is a dirty game. And so no doubt uh, in Illinois where the Republican Party is, you know, with the exception, with the exception of just a few people, are sold out to the I – mean, there's not much of, of a difference between them and Democrats. And so you're, I'm sure you're spot on. I don't know anything about Charlie, but uh, this is which district? 17th. District 17. Okay, so you've gotten the word out this morning for all those listening in District 17, and you are spot on not to support the party itself. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't waste a penny supporting the Republican Party, I'm just telling you. Uh, but I would give money to candidates. I'd give money to the Freedom Caucus uh, that's run, you know, the they have a call Freedom Fund where they support really s- solid conservatives. And also Freedom Works. Um, is a good source of who they're supporting to find out where people stand on the issues and that they really are true conservatives. Cammie, I'm sorry you're experiencing that, but don't give up, okay? Because we're going to fight, right? We're going to fight. Yeah. Don't give up. Okay. All right. Thank you, Cammie. Appreciate your comments. Let's go to um, let's go to Deborah in Florida. Good morning, Deborah. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I actually was on Bishop Jackson's show yesterday, and you're spot on. Oh, every one of them are spot on what's going on. But what I called about was the pedophilia and the connection in Washington, D.C., coming from Washington, D.C., is that um, – and I'll read what I said because right now I get upset because if you listen to what I said yesterday, it was right. I started calling all the Catholics, as many as possible in the Senate, even the Democrats, trying to appeal to maybe some Catholicism that's left. Hey, and Deborah, Deborah, I, can, can I interrupt you? Let me put you on hold and take you through the break. Because I want to hear what you have to say, and I'm going to have to cut you short if I don't. Have you got time to stay with me? I certainly will. Okay, we'll put you on hold, and we'll come back right after the break. And to the rest of you, our phone number is 888-589-8840. And really, it's just kind of open discussion, as it often is. I don't usually guide your calls. Not usually. Uh, You know, that's not necessarily good talk radio. They always train you to think of a question and provoke, you know, phone calls. And I... Uh, I, I sometimes we do that, but I, I really like to know what's on your mind, what's happening where you are. That's you know stuff I don't know. So let's talk. Our phone number is 888-589-8840. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Heaven is not merely a thought form. It is not a projection of the best in you. It is not a vision of a longed-for utopia. It is not a pleasing hope or the invention of man. Our thoughts do not make heaven. Heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his message, What's Up With Heaven, on the next Turning Point Weekend Edition. Listen to Turning Point, Sunday mornings at 7 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. Hi, this is Dan Celia from Financial Issues. We as God's people need to be good stewards of all that he has given us. That is so important and that's what drives me each day as I break down the latest financial numbers and talk to listeners across the country about their use of the money that God has entrusted to them. 
Join me each morning from 8 to 10 Central and Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock Central Time for financial issues right here on American Family Radio. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. With this statement, Jesus affirmed what he'd already said in Genesis 1 and 2 and defined marriage for all time. Contrary to the protestations of the nouveau critical theorists, the nuclear family consisting of a married father and mother is not a Western sociological prescription or construct. Marriage did not originate in the West. Its origin isn't suburban America. It started in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. Marriage is God's idea. Therefore, he alone defines it. If you don't like it, your problem is with God, not me. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. House Democrats have just added to the list of partisan opponents they are determined to defame, bankrupt, and otherwise destroy. Their majority yesterday endorsed the January 6th committee's request for criminal prosecution of two more of President Donald Trump's key subordinates, his Deputy Chief of Staff Dan Scavino and Trade Advisor Peter Navarro. Others may yet be added to the list that already includes former Trump strategist Steve Bannon and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Let's get real. January 6th was not an insurrection. The committee investigating it is not legal. The prosecutions they seek are aimed at taking out the Democrats' political targets, not getting to the truth. And most importantly, the committee is obscuring, not pursuing, evidence that what actually occurred that day was officially sponsored direct action, not an attempt by Trump supporters to overthrow the U.S. government. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Um, I received this, and, and, and by the way, subsequently, I've received several emails confirming that these kinds of things are happening in schools. Hi, Vicki. I have grandchildren in, the, uh, grandchildren in the Wanakee School District. They have been instructed not to take pictures of, make fun of, stare at, or in any way call out the behavior of their classmates who are furries. The furries can choose whether they want to speak or not. 
The furries are allowed to dress in their choice of furry costumes. The furries can choose not to run in gym class, but instead sit at the feet of their teacher and lick their paws. Barking, hissing, and other similar animal noises are commonplace in the hallways at school. The children have been told that the furries are an identity and they must treat these children normally. And the school administration and teachers have normalized the behavior of the furries in their school. I am appalled. Now, lest you think this just might have been somebody who was trying to, you know, punk us. Um, multiple parents reached out to me after I read that email on the air and said, this is real. It is happening. Kids are permitted to declare themselves furries as an identity uh, and they are then protected um, in their behavior is protected. For those of you who don't know what a furry is, um, furries are people who identify with and believe in some capacity they are um, furry animated characters. Yeah, so that's from the Dr. Duke show, and um, that could that could be funny. I understand they're putting litter boxes in some bathrooms in schools, or it could be just more sickness, which I believe the latter. Uh, there is no end to the depravity. Uh, so anyway, uh, on the heels of that, Deborah from Florida had just uh, called us, and you know we're taking calls and talking. This is Sandy Rios, and our phone number is 888-589-8840, and we're talking about anything you want to talk about, really. So um, Deborah from Florida had called us, and we put her on hold, and you were just getting ready to talk about uh, your experience or knowledge about pedophilia, and you said something about in Washington. Yes, I'm a born and raised in Washington. I also Catholic was raised. And one of the nuns, you'll relate to this, the nun would say, is it nice? Is it true? Is it necessary? And I would always say, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> so you could, <laughs> and my mother would go crazy what I would do that. So this is true and it's necessary, but it not be kind. Yes, I have a brother that's dead. I have a nephew that I talk about that's dead. And, but I, I thank the Catholic Church for giving me this assumption that I do have. But the pedophilia situation has been around for quite some time. Even back in the 60s, I can remember it as a little child with uh, some of the things that I probably didn't pick up on. And now that I look about it, it is. But I did not have that experience. But unfortunately, several of my siblings have, and I'm the oldest of 11. So what I was doing yesterday is calling a lot of the Catholics, even on the Democratic side, did not to uh, support Judge Jackson. And this is what I probably I said, but there was one important thing I left out. The Catholic Church has had enough problems with child pornography and pedophilia with its hierarchy, and now you want to confirm a justice to the Supreme Court who has a terrible record on child pornography, which leads to pedophilia, as it, it, as it would with children. Please save the children from the horrendous opinion and decision of Judge Jackson. If you ever saw, and this is what I left out, and I, I got very upset after talking about my nephew. I said, if you look at Spotlight, and I looked at it, and I looked at the end of that movie of all the pedophilia that was going on around the world in which, the arch, which archdiocese it was, guess the archdiocese that was left out in that. Washington, D.C. Washington, <laughs> D.C. is not listed. Wow. Well, all right. So, you know, Deborah, honestly, I had not in my own mind made that connection from the pedophilia in the, the scandal in the Catholic Church that broke out that Catholics and all of us, but Catholics especially, were so wounded and horrified by. 
Uh, the, the extent of it, I think there was some knowledge of it, but the extent of it was just shocking and the cover up and just horrible in the seminaries and all this stuff. And so, so many people left the Catholic Church, but you could see that world uh, pretty universally, people were disgusted by it. And that, you know, that juxtaposed with this excitement and willingness to confirm Kentaji Brown Jackson is just, it's mind boggling. You know, you would think maybe maybe somebody should have brought the Catholic Church issue up maybe besides you, in addition to you, that would have gotten more of a more coverage. Uh, but it's not too late. They're they're voting this afternoon. They have to get sixty votes to to vote. You know, it's it's a, the old culture thing. And so, uh, call your senator like you have been doing and tell them do not do not vote yes on Katanji Brown Jackson. Deborah, God bless you. It's nice to talk to you. I think you've called me before, and I always enjoy when you call me. So thank you. Let's go to um, let's go to Neil in Missouri. Good morning, Neil. Hello. How are you this morning? Well, I'm doing okay. A little chilly here in Missouri, southern Missouri, this morning, but not bad. Uh oh. <laughs> All right. So, what's on your mind? Um, I want to know what's going on with the January six POWs. Why are none of them using the grand jury to beat these bogus charges? Neil. Um, I have a stack of information about January 6th, probably about three inches of stuff, and I have been meaning to catch up on that. I, just, it, I always, it's very special to me, and I sort of save it, and then I, there's so much other news that gets crowded. But I heard Joseph McBride, in a, I was with him in a briefing yesterday. He's the attorney who was representing so many of them, and I can just tell you that it is it's horrendous. It just continues to be horrendous. And now they're all being, you know, charged with um, these crimes. Now, one of them did get off yesterday. There was a judge in the D.C. Circuit who actually let one of them go. He said he didn't, he didn't see in the videos nothing. He didn't really do anything. And he thought the judge, these are my words, the judge said it more eloquently and legally with legal language, but that he did not um, really commit any crime. He just went through the rotunda, was taking pictures and you know, observing, and that, that, so he let him go. And that, but that's, that's one good story, and I'm grateful for it. But then we have the suicide of Matthew Penna. Uh, next week, I hope to talk to a family member of Matthew Penna, and also I have a lot of letter, I have some letters from some of the inmates that I want to share with you. Uh, but Joseph McBride was telling us that it's there's the, the, her, the treatment, it continues to be horrific. And these guys are just detainees. They are not convicted of any crimes. They're being held in the most horrible circumstances without any due process. This is illegal. It really is. I, and I have to tell you, when I try, when I get my dander up uh, in D.C. about this, it's like a yawn. It's like a yawn. It is so frustrating. It reminds me very much, I remember um, years ago, uh, a German doctor his name will come to me in just a second. I've told this story on the year before, so forgive me, but he had just come from North Korea. This is before I ever went to North Korea, and this is when North Korea was in the news because of its the horrific, the worst human rights violations in the planet. And uh, he had just come back. Uh, he was very German. He was the son of a Nazi, had a big crop of blonde hair. Norbert Wolitzen, that was his name, Dr. Wolitzen. And I asked him, to, I interviewed him, and we sat in the studio face-to-face, and he told me about the atrocities. He talked about how they did skin grafts without any kind of medication, did surgeries without any kind of anesthetic, how, 
just the horrific things they were doing to people. And as he started to talk, I started to cry. I, I couldn't stand the stories. And he had gone to North Korea to try to absolve, kind of make up for his father's Nazism. He was ashamed of what his dad had done in the war. And so he had gone and thrown himself into this uh, and was very vested. And it was going around the world just trying to tell the story, thinking that he would wake people up. And he said to me during a commercial break, he said, Sandy, you know, his very German accent, he said, I have been in the European Union. I tell them these things and they just look at me with a blank stare. I had gone to the accordions of leaders in other countries and they just look at me with a blank stare. There's no emotion. He said, I've never seen anyone cry. Finally, someone understands. Not that I'm not saying this to my benefit. I'm just telling you there's a hardness that has descended on the hearts of even people who are normally sometimes conservatives that keeps them from responding to what's happening for to even defend people who are being so mistreated in the most horrific ways, you know, solitary confinement, still beatings, not enough food. They are not allowed to have uh, Christian services. They are, they get these pamphlets from um, uh, the Nation of Islam that talk about how uh, white supremacy and, um, talk about, you know, how whites are devils and anti-Semitic propaganda, but nothing Christian. They're not allowed, and they're only detainees. And all of Washington, except for Ron Johnson, Jim Jordan, and a few isolated people, are just, it's a big yawn, just like it was in the European Union. So, Neil, that's a long response to you, but I, I plan to cover this next week in greater detail. That's my plan. I don't know which day yet, but I hope that you will stay tuned, and I'll bring you up to date with more details on this, okay? Well, Thank why, you for. I just want to know why they aren't getting to the grand jury with their cases. I don't know. I don't know. They've got terrible representation for the most part. Just uh, I think uh, like Joseph McBride has only six of them as clients, and others have uh, these public defenders. One of them, you know, that was just sentenced recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago, to a horrendous amount of time. Uh, his attorney did not even bring any defense evidence. Didn't allow him to testify on the witness stand. It was just the prosecution's case, and that's what the jury heard, and that was it. And he got all these years. That's kind. Of, it's just it's injustice from pillar to post, Neil. It's hard to bear. Doesn't make sense. And uh, I, I tell you what, I am determined to keep this thing alive. I don't intend to be quiet about it because I'm until my until something is done, uh, we have to just keep keep it at, uh, alive. So stay tuned next week, and I'll try to give you better, more concrete information on that. Thank you, Neil, for bringing it up, and so that I could talk about it again. Let's go to uh, Carol in Louisiana. Carol, quick, well, yeah, quickly if you can. But, you know, hey, say Sandy, your piece. I, I understand that Bill Gates has purchased 142,000 acres of farmland in Louisiana. I wonder if you could find out how much he's purchased across the nation or perhaps beyond. Thank you. Okay, uh, Carol, thanks for asking that. I can't answer that, but I, did, I can tell you that I am, um, I'm, I'm aware that he's buying farmland all over the country. It's not just in Louisiana, and uh, what he wants to do is my understanding is he wants to uh, he, he has he's going to develop this kind of substitute for meat because he wants us not to eat meat. And he recently said um, that you know uh, it doesn't taste good, but you'll get used to it. That was his quote. So Mr. God, Bill Gates, who thinks he's God, along with uh, George Soros, who thinks he's God, they have plans for us, and that's why Elon Musk's voice is so important right now to push back on these insane people who really do have the power and resources to control the world if they go unchecked. And that's, so that's, that's all I know about that. Um, so thanks a lot, Carol, for, for your phone call. Let's talk to, um, let's go to, um, 
Let's go to Kenny in Texas. Good morning, Kenny. Good morning. I have such quick comments. I'm a retired police officer, and I'm going to tell you that this uh, insurgent uh, um, arresting and putting people in without due process and, and going against all of their rights goes right back to right after the election. Our own vice president stood up and said, we're going to find out who you are who voted against us, and you will pay. This is just all a part of their agenda. They want to make people pay. They want to crumble us. That's why they let people cross the border. They can bankrupt the system, and they can turn it to from democracy, well, from a republic to Marxism. The second thing is pedophile. That is right after we open the door for same-sex marriage, the the pedophilist then uh, turned around and said, I need equal rights, too, because it is the way that I was born that I'm attracted to eight-year-olds. And you have states that are trying to lower the age of consent to eight years old. I mean, come on, people. If we can't see the writing on the wall and people that are Christians that vote, I don't care, Republican, Democrat, if they don't vote for the Bible, they need to be ousted. And everybody, listen to me, people, everybody's a conservative when it comes time to get reelected. Look at their voting record. Thank you, Sandy, for all you yeah. do. Yeah, Kenny, thanks a lot. But wise words. Also look to see who's supporting them. Who has their, who is endorsing them? Who is supporting them financially? Uh, what boards are they on? What organizations? And uh, so that they're, you, you've got to be really smart. These primaries are coming up. What, Tuesday this next week is, oh, I don't have it in front of me, but there's a couple of them coming up next Tuesday, and there's a whole list of them. So look, in, you can find it on Ballotpedia. Go to Ballotpedia. That is a great resource for the rules and regulations and the dates in your own state and the candidates. I am so sorry that I didn't get to all of your calls. You guys have such great things to share. We should, I should make room for this. It's always a tension for me whether I should deliver important news to you or open the phone lines. And so I, I, but my heart is to talk to you more because you encourage me. I love it that you know so much and you're so well informed and that's, that encourages me. So thank you. And remember that God is, God is not surprised by any of this. He is not surprised and he is sovereign. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk.